Uh, Chris, I need to, <laughs> I need you to tell me why you have put a virtual, uh, fake boring room behind you. It's not a whimsical destination you've put yourself in in Skype. It's just it kind of looks fake like fake other bedroom. Yeah, it's like a uh, Holiday Inn Express, basically. Yeah, it's. I think it's a very I think nice it looks like Express. like a, your first solo apartment in New York. <laughs> like you know, you finally made enough to get a studio. It has yeah. a window, and you put one very large mirror in it to make it feel bigger than it actually is. I don't have that point of reference. I don't know why you would... I, oh, I'm, I I'm sorry. It's like that well, first five-bedroom you get right in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're country-mousing me right here on my, on my own video game podcast. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> what was the rationale, Plant? What were you going for? I, I, I wanted it to like not be a thing. You know, <laughs> the edges yeah. of your face are blurred as you move. It is the most a thing it could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before, when you were staying very still, I was like, oh, wait, he's he's somewhere else. He put out a new addition onto his house. But you're, but now now you're clipping. <laughs> you've, you've entered no clip and you are. That's a video game joke. First of many, I hope. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best Grand Theft Auto game of the franchise in totality. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best GTA of the Grand Theft Auto. My name is Ross Frustrating, and I know the best game of the week. Uh, and I, I am uh, thrilled to welcome our guest, filling in for my, I mean, at this point, lazy brother. I mean, we could say that, I right? I was going to say erstwhile, but lazy's a way to go. Erstwhile's. That's powerful. That, that makes that it sound like he won't be your brother at some point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, well. That's well, skullduggery is afoot. That's what that's what I say to that. If he if he keeps not showing up for our podcast, I don't know how much longer our family is really built on podcasting. It's Evan Narcisse. He's a, a con- consulting uh, design consultant, narrative design consultant. That's is correct. That your preferred yeah. title. Yeah. On uh, Spider Man Miles Morales, he's the author of a, a New Day comic that's coming this summer. And now he's here to help us pick the best Grand Theft Auto game of all time. Certainly the high point of all that. Uh, uh, welcome. <laughs> yes. Be, the being on the best season, the high point of my career thus far. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the high point of your career this morning. Yes. <laughs> definitely today. Yeah. Well, I actually got a haircut earlier today. So you guys are going to have to, you know, compete against my barber. You've <laughs> <laughs> already lost. Um, <laughs> um Evan, I, I, you you probably already know this, actually. You definitely do, because I told you. Uh, obviously, we did a part one to this episode with Jordan Morris last week, uh, where we narrowed down the list of eight to now four. I wanted to ask you before we started, are you upset about anything that we cut out? And I'll, I'll quickly recap. We cut out GTA 1. We cut out GTA 2. We cut out GTA 3. Uh, what else? China there was Town one Wars. other one we cut out. Oh, Chinatown Wars was the other one we cut out. Um, you know, three was like a watershed moment, you know, um, mm-hmm. like it, it kind of birthed the franchise as we know it now, you know, um, uh, but I think, you know, as a 
like legacy gaming experience, I, I, I guess I understand your guys' rationale, you know, like it would probably be a hard game to play here in 2021, but like uh, it's, it's foundational. It was like the thing that, you know, that became a, a phenomenon and, 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 and launched this franchise, you know, as we know it. It's an interesting balance you have to strike when we've, d- we've done one of these before with Zelda. And it's like, you have to balance the, like when you're talking about pure importance, like Legend of Zelda original is, uh, I mean, like beyond foundational, like it, it is adventure and that sort of entire genre writ large, like is, is traced back to Zelda. But it's like also, if you just do that, then it makes these a little uh, one-sided. But you also can't just do like iteration, right? Because then it's always just the newest one is is the best one. It's tough finding a balance. I, I yeah. think we, I think we did make a mistake. After going wow. back and playing the games this week, I think Chinatown Wars should have made the cut. Um, because Dude, what should it, it, it be? turns out there are only any of them except for five. It turns out there are only two fun GTA games. Oh that gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they're GTA five in, in Chinatown Wars. Okay. Um, we should get we, into we, it. We can then. get into it. We can get into it. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need keep the ones you want get rid of the rest here's how it works rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps lower your bills they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20 percent all you have to do is take a picture of your bill and rocket money takes care of the rest that might sound too good to be true i have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments i have and it's worked which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself rocket money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of 720 dollars a year with over 500 million dollars in canceled subscriptions so cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com besties that's rocketmoney.com besties rocketmoney.com slash besties uh first matchup of the final four is gta 5 versus gta 4 i probably wow, should have okay. swapped those from a just a timeline standpoint but um ready. russ walk us in what's the challenge i'm gonna talk about gta 4 really quick because i know the room and myself honestly is going to be very pro gta 5 mm. gta 4 was the first time that they tried to make, and I'm going to put this in heavy, heavy quotes, a realistic GTA game, which is to say, like, uh, you know, we've talked about San Andreas before, which was a game that came before this. San Andreas, amazing game, tells very interesting stories, but also fucking you get a jetpack halfway through, like just worth acknowledging. Whereas GTA 4 is throughout its run relatively grounded in the world of like GTA games. Like it is mostly chill things get a little wild but generally speaking it didn't get like really outlandish until like the ballad of gay tony dlc even before that it was just like motorcycle folks riding around so 
this was and kind why of did a, they call that DLC motorcycle folks riding around? Because I feel like they could have come up with a better title that's a little more, yeah, uh, you know, exciting. Um, but this was a this was a departure for them. I think you see a lot of GTA Four in Red Dead, which is to say, like, yes. not a actively fun game in a lot of moments, but definitely aiming for like more realism, whether that's a good or bad thing. Red Dead so. Two is the GTA Four of the Red Dead series. It is. Yes. It's like, what if we took the thing you like and took out all of the fun, but made it very serious and impressive, like. Both these games, very impressive. They're doing a lot of interesting things. Did you know that you can go bowling? You can. Um, you can also get drunk and fall down uh, with ragdoll physics. I, I'm being dismissive. It, GTA 4 is a, an astonishing achievement. <laughs> it is not a game I enjoy. Um, and I think those are like two separate things. Evan, where where's your head at with all this? You know, I mean... I have such fond memories of GTA 4 because it was one of the first times where, like, a semi-accurate New York was delivered Mm -hmm. to me in a video game experience. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a native New Yorker, lived there for the bulk of my life. And that game coming out um, when I was still in New York... And literally, like, you, I remember driving the approach to the Brooklyn Bridge from, like, downtown and, like, it, you know, going back to Brooklyn in real life and then doing it in the game, you know, whatever the analog to Brooklyn was. I forget the name now. But, like, be like, oh, wait, that feeling of coming on the on-ramp and going on the bridge and then seeing, seeing the city kind of, like, unfold, like, around you, like, they nailed that, you know? Like, it also felt like they felt like, you know... They they really captured the on the ground, like crosstalk overheard street vibe of New York City, um, and that was really compelling to me. <sighs> For all the like charged word dissonance inside Nico as a character, I really liked mm-hmm. him because mm-hmm. that that semi mournful immigrant experience felt like okay, you know. One of the ways in which GTA 4 felt serious was that, like, uh, it wasn't super gleeful. At least the character wasn't super gleeful about the things he had to do, right? Mm. Like, right, right. But again, the dissonance comes about when, like, yeah, that you're told to, like, you know, beat up as many people as you can, fuck this shit up, and, you know, basically be as reprehensible as possible um, in order to satisfy, like, the, the mechanics of the gameplay. And the, the things that open up the story for you, but like he was trying to leave a, a bad old life behind, and I and I felt like that was different than other GTA games up until this point, where like it didn't feel like this gleeful glorification of like the seedy underworld that that they they sketched out. Evan, were you full time game journalism when this came out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So GTA Four, damn, where was I? What year was that? Well, Would you been crispy? I guess that had not opened yet. That was 2008. Oh, 2008. So I was, damn, freelancing? I think I was freelancing? 2008. Holy shit. Um, that's a long time ago, y'all. Yeah, to, For sure. to answer your question, Justin, <laughs> yes, I was I was full-time. I mean, if I was full-time freelancing, probably. I don't think I was on staff anywhere yet. It was wild for a bit that this game, like, aside from... And and I feel like we are probably past the point where gaming 
like feels like a monoculture in the way that it did at this point. Yeah. But like 2008, when this game came out, like the groundswell of people discovering stuff, like emulating things in the game, like mm-hmm. recreating things in real life or like digging into little bits of the the world was like a constant stream of stuff um, that everybody was talking about. It was like that, that was pretty early in my I'd been at Joystick for a year, I think, when this came out. Um, but, but it was, that was all anyone was talking about. I don't feel like we'll, we'll return to that again. It was certainly like that, uh, for GTA five, uh, certainly, but like, uh, things yeah. are so much more fragmented now than they, I, than they I, were. I, I do want to mention one thing about GTA four in particular, and, and Evan, you talked about it a little bit, just in, in terms of recreating the city and it's actually very fitting that you're here because I think, and we've sort of talked about this previously, like, uh, Miles Morales, the game, you know, this is a, a very coincidental thing because Miles Morales also, I think, really strives to um, recreate. I think very specific parts of New York with like incredible accuracy, which obviously is, comes very naturally to you, having grown up there. I've obviously spent most of my life here as well. What do you think this game does right versus wrong in terms of like doing that stuff and? I don't know what was something. What was sort of the process of doing that with Miles to like make sure that that vibe was also pretty consistent. I remember GTA Four feeling like okay, fashion. You know, like you walk somebody past somebody down the street and be like, he's clearly a hype beast, right? This is a dude who yeah. stands in line for new sneakers to drop. You know, like and you hear him talking <laughs> on the phone with his friend, like and you know that's like a what a, a second at best interaction, but like right. you repeat that, you know hundreds if not thousands of times in the course of the campaign you're like oh okay the people who made this game know this kind of person right mm-hmm. and rockstar has studios all over the place but they're you know they have a core headquarters in new york and it felt like they were really drawing on that right um in a way that didn't feel quite the same to me in san andreas right like to me san andreas yeah. was like uh and i know we're gonna get there but to me san andreas was like largely informed by like 1990s hood flicks right yeah. and it felt like at like it was made at a remove right um mm-hmm. and part of that you know is technological you know but there did feel like a little bit of exoticization of what that experience is like for people who actually live in those places and, and live lives similar to that gta4 didn't feel like that you know like yeah even though nico's an immigrant from like a uh, unnamed eastern european country or maybe they did name it i can't remember but like it felt like the immigrant experience part, you know, like him driving people around and yapping your ear off like that. That felt like the specific there's a specificity, right, that allows you to like render certain textures. I'm not talking like graphically. I'm talking about like narratively. And it felt sure, like sure. like the people at Rockstar behind that game paid great attention to that. I actually know somebody who worked on that game and did photo reference and he would travel all around the city and take pictures of people's apartments and, you know, interiors, not just exteriors. And like, so they were dedicated to that. And, you know, I can't speak to the entirety of process for miles because I obviously only worked on part of it, but like for my part as consultant, I did stress like, okay, this is how this part of the city feels. I used to live in Harlem, you know, like this is the kind of things you would see on the street, you know, like there's, there's one scene in, in the in the early part of the game where Miles and Genki are walking to um, Rio Morales' political rally. 
And they, I remember an early version of that scene had two musicians playing with each other. I'm like, yeah, like a street drummer and a, a, a bucket drummer and a guitarist wouldn't be playing with each other because the bucket drummers are too loud and guitar would drown at the guitarist. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, they changed it to somebody playing a, a conga drum. And, you know, like to me, that fits better. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of details, like the way Miles and Genki dressed, like I had a lot to say, to say about that. All these different things about like what it's like to experience New York City, like from the ground up, as somebody who who grew up there, and 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 putting my experiences back into a character who's growing up there, like that's 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 what I tried to contribute. And I think the the team as a whole strove for that, and and you know where it succeeded, I think we can we can definitely point at trying to uh, capture a certain kind of like cultural specificity as part of that process. And I think yeah, GTA totally. 4 did the same thing, you know? Yeah. I, I think GTA 4 is, like, the first modern GTA game. I don't know if San Andreas was supposed to be set in modern, but, like, like you said, it's clearly riffing on the 90s. Vice City is clearly the 80s. Right. I think the original, GTA 3 is meant to be a modern well, I, game. Well, I mean, yeah. it's it's modern, but I mean, it's, it's of In no its time. sensibility, yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. it's like, it, it's not, and it's not pursuing that realism. I, I will say I think the thing that GTA 4 gets most wrong about New York is the box art. Uh, the box art, you look at it, and they're like, okay, we've got the faces of these characters, we got a cool car, we got a cool gun, we got a helicopter, and they're like, we need one iconic New York landmark, something that people are going to see right in the middle of the box, and they're going to say, New York City, that's where the game is set, the Roosevelt Island tramway, put it right in the middle. <laughs> Everybody's going to know New York. <laughs> like, you know it from uh, movies and TV shows? Oh, wait, you don't, actually. <laughs> Who can forget the Roosevelt Island tramway? Um, I think uh, GTA 4 is going to get... Uh, I mean, as we are right now, because I think we're going to have an extensive GTA 5 conversation at some point very soon, but is anyone thinking that GTA... Four wins this battle against GTA Five. Yeah. No way in hell. No, I just don't think it does. Evan, personally, yeah, I think we've given GTA Four a very nice, nice send off and a nice discussion. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I'm sitting here like, what am I going to say in favor of GTA Five? You know, not to get ahead of myself, and I'm thinking my 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 pure like gut emotional reaction to GTA 5 was different than it was to GTA 4. Like GTA 4, I was amazed and wowed at what they did, what they were able to Mm. deliver. Like, and 5, I wasn't. I I mean, you know, we can use that as a segue if y'all want, but like the the nature of my response was different. And that's probably because I had different shit going on in my life. But um, do we cuss on this podcast, by the way? I'm sorry. Yeah, go for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to suggest this in the interest of time. I'm going to say we're going to move GTA 4 five along just because i think it also should get moved along but we are gonna match it up in the finals against the next two matchups and then we'll have a very deep conversation about gta 5 i think that's the okay. best way i think to that sounds right. good oh, one, one very quick thing about gta 4 one of the best video game trailers if not the best video game trailer Spectacular. of all time the yeah. uh, philip glass song over just like shots of the world yeah it, it's that tired thing of like the city's a character but that was like the first time where there was enough going on in the video game city that you just didn't need to show the game. Yeah. You yeah. could just show the city and it was like, great. I, I need to get that immediately. Totally mind blowing. Okay. We're going to move GTA five along to the next round. And uh, our next matchup before we get to the finals is GTA San Andreas 
versus GTA Vice City. Hmm. Who wants to start? I mean, look, like I said before, they're both cartoons, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, they're very broad. They're very loud, for lack of a better word. And, and kind of like disproportionate and outlandish in terms of like uh, the characters you meet, the world building, like the details and stuff. There's a lot of spoofing and satire, right? And I think mm-hmm. in both games. I give San Andreas the edge because there was a bit more like meaningful character dynamics mm-hmm. with CJ mm-hmm. and other characters. Like it felt like there's... Uh, for lack of a better word, like an earnestness in there that wasn't there in, in Vice City. Like, you know, I can't say I cared about any of the characters in Vice City. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, you mentioned the the um, Hood movie uh, references that were in um, San Andreas. And I think that applies as well to Vice City, but obviously not that genre, but rather like the Scarface genre. Like yeah. it's a very clear like redux of Scarface. It's interesting, though, because because San Andreas and like a lot of those movies to a certain extent, like had some reality groundedness, whereas Scarface does really does not like that is not a grounded or like relatable movie in any way. Whereas San Andreas not only like tells these like the story of like a family and friends and like, you know, the people you actually care about, but also like delves into our real world with the riots towards the end of the game, like actually bringing up real world historical context in a GTA game is like very weird and very removed from, I think anything they've ever done in a game, which I I don't know how that contrasts with like you were talking about like cartoons and uh, you know, the cartoon nature of it, but like that contrast between the outlandishness of it versus the like very true real world shit. Yeah. They're they're gesturing at some kind of like real world commentary. Right. You know, yeah, like, I think, you know, for me, guys, the one kind of guiding principle in in understanding Rockstar's output for me has been like, I tend, I tended to think of the Hauser brothers, Damon and Hauser, who are kind of the creative nucleus of the, the Rockstar creative team, um, narratively, at least to me, I've always thought of them as people who basically want to be making movies, right? But they're not in the movie-making business, they're in the game-making business, right? So I feel like you see these really strong vectors of influence for movies like, you know, Boys in the Hood, Men's Society on um, San Andreas, right? And you see Miami Vice, like Michael Mann's whole oeuvre, like um, in Vice City, you know, like Scarface, like you said, Russ. Like, so I I feel like you, you... understand their output once you realize how strongly they've imprinted off like filmmaking as a creative enterprise right you know and i think we can say fairly that uh it'd be nice if they edited their games like movies sometimes yeah you know yeah. in terms of like the sprawl <laughs> um but I, I i think that that's always helped me understand like what rockstar is trying to do narratively with their games and you know you can look at like Red Dead Redemption 2 and basically be like, oh, Deadwood, right? I don't want to be overly reductive, but I feel like, you know, we we can't ignore the fact that those influences are so strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Justin, where's your head at with it? Yeah. Speaking specifically to that, it's fast. Like, even in GTA 5, which I, I know we just talked about, but, like, specific to this franchise and, like, its relationship to cinema, there 
it will make sacrifices as a game if it serves as a narrative or as like a cinema a cinematic experience. Like for example, today I was playing GTA five right before you hopped on and I did like a stunt jump, you know what I mean? Off a roof and a info box came up. It's like, here's how you control during a stunt jump. And here's how you get like bonuses or whatever. But the camera had switched to like a wild cinematic angle to make it look cool. And I couldn't do any of the things it was telling me to do to control a stunt jump because they wanted it to look cool more than there's like an unusable camera angle that you can switch to at will to just to make it look like a cool movie. It's like, I'm still playing it. You all know this, you know, I'm playing, you know, I can't control it backwards and at a 30 degree angle, but, but that's what it, it expects of you. Um, Vice City for me, I just think it was a, I think a lot of people hold Vice City in high regard because it turned it into something that was like really leaned into some of the more gleefully anarchic hmm. aspects of GTA 3 that a lot of people were doing. Like when we were playing this, when I was in college, when we were playing GTA 3 when I was in college, like we weren't doing the story. We would like go into a busy intersection and get a rocket launcher and see how much trouble we could get in with the cops before they they you know s- stopped us so like that that was the aspect of gta3 that i feel like that that anarchy they really leaned into with vice city and uh it also helped that there's like a lot of color in it which like enjoy that whenever it pops up in this franchise because it's yeah it's, it is not as frequent as as you would hope they really backpedaled on that for uh four uh yeah i don't know i mean between these two like okay evan help me with this and, and and you, I was obviously somebody who has has worked on in video games. You can you can speak to this better. But like to me, as a white guy, and I'm watching in San Andreas, like I feel I don't know how much the Hauser brothers are able to refer to like lived experience for this. So like especially now in the year of our Lord 2021, going back and playing San Andreas, there's like part of me that's like. Wow, are you guys just guessing, or is this what you've seen in movies, or like what? Because it feels, it feels weird. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, easy to look, me. Again, I'm not a dude who grew up in South Central LA in Compton or whatever the analogs are supposed to be in San Andreas, right? So, like, I'm at a remove to that kind of experience too. Sure, but you know, I can tell you this: as somebody who went to see a lot of the movies that clearly were influential on on San Andreas, like. I could feel the distance, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I could feel mm-hmm. like you know. Okay, I don't know if they actually talk to gangbangers, but like it feels like they watched a bunch of movies. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. and maybe they, yeah. maybe they did <laughs> right. talk to gangbangers. I don't know, you know. Um, I feel like they did the Disney thing, you know, for, for all the Disney animated movies in the '90s, where they're like, for a week we traveled to China, right, and saw and learned everything <laughs> right. there is. And I can, I, I, I just picture the houses being like, for a week we went to L.A. and left Santa Barbara. And yeah, like, no, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> and like the thing of it is, even if they did do their due diligence and research and whatever. The end result still feels so broad, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, these, these sure. characters feel like caricatures. Um, and it feels like, all right, well, did I at any moment sit down, like, in, in San Andreas and feel like, this is authentic? You know, no. Um, I didn't have that expectation necessarily, mostly because, again, I knew, all right, well, this is 
a, a video game studio that's mostly white dudes, probably, right? I feel confident in saying that. And, sure, yeah. And, you know, they were trying to make something cool that probably did not approximate their own lives at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. Like, I mean, in the same way, honestly, not quite one-to-one, but like, uh, you know, Vice City, obviously not a, an approximation of any. Sure, but I think I think game, the notional distance more is so. far greater from... Yes, yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. I, I think what like was surprising to me going back and playing these games, and I joked about it at the top of these games, like just not being fun, is holy moly, this series really is like a sports series. Yeah. And that like, it's a yeah. same, it is this iterative thing and it just gets better, like the actual feel of the game. Mm. And... I guess in my head I was like, well, yeah, but then there's like the meat of the game, you know, like so many games have like the meat that is like the story or the ideas that makes them interesting and you can go back and have a conversation about it. And I was shocked by how little I actually have to say about either of these games yeah. because the meat mm. is like whatever. Go and here and do so, a thing because this person yeah. doesn't want you to or does want and you to. It, it, it's so funny because like the meat is what they think they're best at. Yeah. It, it, it really is this bizarre thing of like, it's so often they, they are not playing to their strengths in this entire series mm-hmm. of like, you created a genre that everybody is trying to rip off and you can do it, the open world, better than anybody. Mm-hmm. But you keep playing to the story. And I do think like GTA Five finally, it's by no means perfect, but at least like feels slightly better <laughs> like like it, it's it, yeah. it moves quickly you get to the action fast and i think like just very quick i know we're going to talk more about gta 5 i think that's because narrative tv had come into place and they yes. finally mm. stopped trying to make a two-hour movie mm-hmm. stretch into like a 30-hour game and they realized like oh we, really this needs to just be episodic it needs to be tv yeah. episodes that's a great i i want to return to that when we talk about gta yeah. 5 because it's really interesting i I want to shout out San Andreas also has, um, I think, you know, as iterative as the series is, and as much as, like, each entry just sort of, like, does not... I mean, you think... You try to compare it to other, like, long-running action franchises. Even, like, um, Assassin's Creed is exponentially more varied uh, game-to-game than than Grand Theft Auto yeah. is. I mean, it is it is very much a building on a formula. Um, b- but I think San Andreas did have some more, like a higher preponderance of like weird one-off mechanics that do not make it any further than this. Like the idea of like eating a bunch of hamburgers to put on weight. But that's, that's in Red Dead. That's in Red Dead too now. So it it came back in a way. (laughs) I get, you know what? That's, I guess. Yeah. We didn't see it again in four and five, but I guess that's, (laughs) they moved all the boring stuff to Red Dead. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah. I, I i think the this is where this is where we keep our boring ideas <laughs> in this one this is for books people i think the big differentiator here is just scale and and it has a lot to do with like the ideas that didn't really go anywhere but like san andreas is obviously a much bigger game i think we can all agree the strengths of these games are the world yeah. and if you look at the world of vice city even though i think it's extremely good in recreating that like vibe of like michael mann era miami um it's a it's i mean it's fucking florida it is flat as hell like and you drive down those streets and generally speaking like they are there's not a lot of variety there and then you look at the scope of san andreas which is as i talked about in the last episode it's three full cities plus a shitload of desert and like the range that you find in san andreas is the same range that you find in like gta 5 um and i do think that really sets it apart if the if the star of these games is the world 
unquestionably San Andreas um, has a much more interesting varied world. Mm-hmm. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos. You can do whatever you want. And it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames. And they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. I think San Andreas edges Vice City out. Um, I think the other thing, you know, we got to talk about hot coffee, right? And like, not just to, oh yeah, yeah, not to mention it, just yes. mention it, but like, you know, for those listeners who don't know, the hot coffee scandal with Grand uh, Theft Auto San Andreas was um, a, a hidden gameplay mechanic that was locked away in the code that um, basically involves the player character simulating sex with um, a, a female NPC. It's kind of raunchy and. When that's when when the code was discovered, Rockstar fumbled and said this was a player mod, right? They said it was. They said it was. They said it was some something uh, that they didn't create, and it turned out, of course, it was. And they tried to hide it in the code, and it was a big scandal, uh, a mild scandal by by twenty twenty 
one terms, but like, I think to me, uh, another kind of fingerprint of how they're conceiving that game, right? Because it's like, what is that? What was the point of that? You know, like to get you kind of, you know, mildly aroused at uh, watching polygonal video game characters, you know, bump uglies. Like, it's ba- yeah, basically a bunch of cardboard boxes just like slamming <laughs> right, into each right. other. Like. So like, but again, when I talk about like it being broad and cartoonish, you know, like in satirical, it's like, you know, it's almost like a gameplay feature. Like maybe you could do wheelies in the game, right? It's like, how long can you yeah. hold a wheelie? It's like, how long can you hump in, 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 in hot coffee? Yeah. It's, it, it's like, you know, and then, you know, like to be less forgiving, it's like, well, again, you saw these kinds of characters being kind of like gross and degrading in the movies, you know, that you were ref- riffing off of for reference material. So like, well, we need to have, we need to have some hood rats in this game because they're in the, these movies. And it's just like, nah, you actually don't. But, right. you know, the fact that it was conceived and executed and then locked away, to me, like, again, shows both the strength of this game in terms of the breadth of experiences they were trying to uh, uh, deliver and also the weaknesses in terms of, like, it's really shallow, ultimately. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's a good transition to GTA 5. I think this is going to be somewhat anticlimactic in that I, I think GTA 5 effectually won. And I think we do need to pick a wait, wait, we need to advance one of those oh, yeah, two. Yeah, and Andreas. I think it's GTA, San Andreas. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, uh, but I, I think GTA 5 is going to win here. I think we're going to spend most of this talking about GTA 5. But to transition off of. Um, what Evan said, I, I think like that remains the kind of narrative problem. And to some degree, I think Red Dead Redemption 2 starts to get away from this, but it's that they they like chase, not lead. That yeah. they're they're constantly looking at other source material. And I think GTA 5 works better than the rest because at least they have three protagonist yeah so with that they can say okay well we don't have to make a 60 hour movie based off of just michael mann um you know 50 year old white guy who is depressed he did crime um stories you know like we can we can do a variety of things um though at at the same time still (laughs) to a to a fault i i think with um Who's the 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 deranged one of the bunch? The, uh, the Trevor. 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 I think like that was again good intention of splitting up the gameplay where it's like okay here is you know the true chaos gameplay. Uh, right. Unfortunately, in that case, they were like, well, what do we do for the story there? We don't have like a lot of clear examples of just a bad person being the hero. So like I don't know, like torture, like torture, yeah. I guess. We should just have multiple torture scenes, like killing animals. It's like, oh, okay. I guess I thought this was supposed to be the fun character, <laughs> but every time you make me do a story mission with him, it's heinous. Um, but anyway, I, I, I want to talk about why I think this game is great. And uh, Evan, you mentioned up top that you you know didn't click with you in the same way that GTA Four did. I think I had a little bit of that. Weirdly, it's clicked with me now more than it did then um because we were saying this before we started the show this game came out in 2000 what all what year is it fresh it's not 2008 uh, gta 5 was 2013 so that's 2013, yeah. eight years ago the gap between gta 4 and gta 5 was five years 
So we're at eight years. We'll probably end up being twice as long of a gap between GTA 5 and GTA 6 at best. It is bonkers how much a three Xbox 360 game today, when played on like a high-end PC, feels more modern than any other open world game still. Um, it, it's incredible. I mean, the, the design of this game and the world and how alive it feels, it's just incomparable. Is that good? Because the developers had to crunch. <laughs> and I imagine that the game cost a trillion dollars and there were probably people whose entire job was just animating like cats. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know about that part of it. But it, again, like, is the technological achievement this is the game that like really stands out to me. It's the apotheosis of everything they've tried to do, right? Like, you know, like you could argue that things that are more technically complex or narratively ambitious, like Red Dead Redemption 2, only happen because five managed to exist, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. but you know, part of going back to what I said before, part of why my response was different to this versus four where gta 5 kind of feels like a retread you know like Hmm. a lot of narratively right like you know franklin is clearly riffing off the stuff they got they did in 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 san andreas right like and and trevor feels like a protagonist from gta 3 right yeah um um he's he's a chaos agent you know he's he's basically the character who fucks shit up like narratively and mechanically right in the middle ages, do I can't remember his name, Michael, right? You know, Michael, yeah, yeah. Michael. Yeah. He just he just feels like again, like you said, plant a stand in soprano. Exactly, exactly. So it feels like okay, y'all. This is just the, in that way, like notionally, where the, the if you if you trace back the ideas where these characters came from, it feels like greatest hits. You know, I remember there was one mm-hmm. rumor. That before the game came out, that it was like it was actually gonna be assembling the protagonists of, of prior uh, uh, GTA games, like as like a dream team, and they didn't do that like narratively and in, 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 yeah. with the details of the characters, but they did do it in terms of like the archetypes, right? Like, yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. The the best rumor I ever heard about this game, and I mean, almost certainly not true, was that uh, at the end of the game, you like do your final heist, everything has gone well, and then you switch to the POV of a fourth character who is a woman cop, and you effectively are hunting down the three protagonists. To this day, I'm, like, bummed that that was, like... It's one of those things I had heard, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this game's gonna rule. And then when I played the game, and it's like, they do a version of that. That's kind of what the ending is. Um, But with the characters who are already who you've already been with yeah um but yeah but again it's like i want to like pull us a little bit away from the story because it's just so obviously like still a mess um i i think like in the terms of what these games are and what they do well which are these worlds the gta 5 world is similar to like what san andreas was to vice city like yeah the, the sheer the scope gap, of it and scale of it. The sheer scope of it and the variety uh, that is in play. I mean, it, it's nuts. I, again, I replaying it this week, I I just forgot how big it is. Like, yeah. I thought in my head it would be like one of those things like when you go back to your elementary school as an adult and you're like, <laughs> wow, the ceilings are so low. Um, then it would be like, oh, you know, the, 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 at the time it must have been, you know, a big open world, but now whatever. 
And I got in and I was just driving and driving and driving and just forgetting entire chunks of the game mm-hmm. exist between, you know, when you leave the city and you start going upstate. Um, and, and a lot of that isn't even used in the campaign. Like it, it was later yeah. used in online, right. but most of that map, there's like, you know, casinos and side towns that you just never, ever go to in the campaign. And I remember us thinking, like, why spend all this time and energy to create this thing? And uh, obviously, they, it's paying off now because they have this incredibly profitable online system yeah. that's using it, but pretty wild. Uh, I actually think it was funny going back and, and watching the Michael stuff um, and, and talking about lived experience earlier. I feel like this idea of a middle-aged dude wrestling with his crime-ridden past and then wondering if it's worth it to, like, try it one more time, like, feels very... That feels like a lived experience that the Housers were probably connecting with pretty deeply. Yeah, yeah. Like, his sort of, like, what does it all mean midlife crisis vibe, I bet, was drawn... I mean, I, not to project, uh, but like was drawn from a good amount of life experience there. Like, uh, is there enough in the tank to do this again? Like, is it, you know, is it worth it? What have I wrought? You yeah. Know? Um, because I feel like they, th- this franchise is always sort of at odds with itself in the sense of like wanting to shame every facet of popular culture. And even in a sense, like shame what itself is doing in the sense of like desensitization and, and what have you, but having its cake and eating it too, like still like, no, it's still hyper violent and, and, and stuff. It's just like other stuff is too. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. Yeah. Twist. Yeah. <laughs> We're aware we get it. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I, I do think the story going back, I, I it, it is more enjoyable on a scene by scene basis. The jokes still don't work. I just wish it didn't have a sense of try to have a sense of humor because it's like it's it's bonkers how much it's still like the punchline is like people aren't like me <laughs> like it's yeah just so hateful at times um, and and that is the thing that as the kind of like senior leadership of this company starts to leave which has started to happen I I'm curious what a Grand Theft Auto looks like next. Um, and like honestly hopeful because I think it, it's that kind of like weird neoliberal thing of like I think the Housers have good intentions they just don't put don't. them in their art effectively right yeah and, and, and they don't realize that other people could speak to the things better than them yeah um, it's just it's just an incredible um, sense of control yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with all what you said. I also think, um, most importantly, of all of the things, the Housers were chasing one dream through this entire series, and it was to recreate heat. And finally having a lifelike version of Los Angeles means get, they get to do their dream. It's amazing that like they didn't just like finish that level and then walk off into the sunset. It is so core to their idea. I think we should uh, pick a winner here, of, as lame as that sounds, after a very interesting discussion. Uh, but uh, it can seems I, like we're leaning. San Andreas versus it's San Andreas versus GTA Five. Okay, can I say one more thing about San Andreas? Sure. Yes. I was replaying San Andreas, and there is an exchange. I looked it up so I could quote it exactly. Sweet says to CJ, "If you don't respect your body, ain't nobody gonna respect you. Looking too skinny, CJ. You need to pack on some muscle." To which CJ responds. If I wanted nagging, 
I'd buy a clockwork wife. Wow. What? <laughs> a what? What is that? Excuse me, what? That was the line everybody decided on? If was I wanted that a I'd buy a clockwork wife. I mean, these scripts are like 900 pages long, so I'm not surprised that something <laughs> it snuck in there. like, that's one step above lipsum orum. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, a clockwork wife. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, when I heard it, like, Really? That's what we, huh? Okay. The, the I mean, is uh, is anyone uh, torn over the, no. the end of it? I have to get, it's, you know, it. if nothing, I mean, we have not talked about mechanics hardly at all, but I do have to say that, like, going back and playing five uh, now, it still feels pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's still, there's some weirdness, especially with checkpointing, which is an absolute disaster. Yeah. Um, still to this day, like has not been, I had one where I was like, had to climb up this entire building and take a picture. And then they were like, uh, you know, get, okay, come on back down. I'm like, I'm just going to jump off and it'll checkpoint me back here. I'm pretty sure that won't work. I jump off and it checkpoint me back at the beginning of the climb, like 15 minutes ago. Um, but control wise and driving the cars is really fun. Yeah. Uh, in five, I, I I think I think five has to take it, which is like seems like the most boring possible outcome. It does. I mean, you know, it, talking about that, Justin, I think one of the things that five, again, I said it's like the apotheosis of everything they tried to do. Like, I mean, we've all been around video games and specifically Rockstar games long enough to remember things like Midnight Club, like table tennis, yeah. you know, like the other things they did, and it feels like every little bit of learning they got from anything they made before this, they put into five, you know? So as like a mechanical mm-hmm. achievement, you're like, right. Okay. They also did those things. And somehow, some way, like the fact that they made table tennis, like informs, you know, some of the games you can play in the bar, you know, like, like that kind of stuff where like, and the character creator too, you know, like it, it just feels like yeah. it's all part of, um, everything that they ever made going into one experience and not, not leaving a lot of the things that they have learned out. I mean, <laughs> just like literally everything we've learned yeah. good and the bad. Here's all of it that we've got. Um, well, congratulations to grand theft auto five, a video game that uh, has not been topped because they haven't tried to do it. Um, I feel like speaking real quickly to that, cause we kind of joked about grand theft auto six, I feel like um, the speed at which culture is moving now, uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 would be impossible. <laughs> like the people that would be the bag, especially the relationship between like people and police is so, so different yeah. than it was in 2013. I don't know how you return to it, like unless they want to go like full third rail and try to tell, you know, now we're getting both the criminal, like you were talking about with like both the criminal and the 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 cop perspectives, but like, Woof! I don't know, y'all. I don't know how they how they go back. Well, to I think it has funny. to be like set in the sixties or something. I, I yeah, like exactly. Right, something, something like that. that. Is, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's funny just because like that relationship hasn't changed. Is just yeah, way perspective. Uh, better, like more accurately presented in pop culture. So, like, it's funny how they would like be a better portrayal uh, it would be a more authentic portrayal of that yeah I, I don't know i mean they'd have to it has to be in mars speaking of gta 6 i feel like one of the reasons we saw such a rabid hunger for cyberpunk 2077 
is because like it seemed like a familial successor right to the ambition mm. of, mm-hmm. of 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 uh, gta games you know obviously it's an open world game where there's a lot of driving and shooting and whatnot but like it feels like okay we want big broad satire social commentary like you know incisive insights into you know power dynamics and you know insofar as rockstar ever tried to deliver that stuff and they did try <laughs> right i think people were hoping cd project red would do the same thing in cyberpunk um, and probably the people at CD Projekt Red were hoping they would deliver the, si- the same thing in Cyberpunk, you know? But I feel like the reason people were so anxious for that game to come out and be uh, like a, a polished experience that it wasn't at launch was because mm-hmm. they, you know, it's been so long since we, Rockstar has put out something new. Yeah. I also feel like we need to talk about the soundtracks. We haven't talked about the soundtracks. Oh well, my god! So uh, I I, I want to go too deep into the soundtracks uh, because I know that we have uh, like no time uh, and an, an out. But the one thing that I do think we should go through is what is your favorite song plus moment? For, like for for me, favorite needle drop. Yeah, yeah. Like needle yeah. drop, flashing lights, going over the Brooklyn Bridge for the first mm-hmm. time in GTA Four is like that. Just rules. Yeah, we finally same. are getting into Manhattan. It's like unforgettable for me of uh, of a moment in these games. I mean, you you stole mine, Chris. <laughs> nice, I did. Wow. <laughs> I ha- I feel like I remember a mission with two minutes to midnight blaring yeah, in two Vice City. To midnight in Vice City is is the best. Like that was actually going to be mine, Russ. That's so strange. Yeah, yeah that uh, that soundtrack. I mean, I talked about it last episode too. Just like beat for beat, stellar. You can listen to the whole thing covering a ton of different genres from like Cuban jazz fusion to, uh, you know, hip hop to, um, you know, my, a pop Michael Jackson. And like you, it just runs the gamut. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's ever been a soundtrack that matches that in my personal taste, but um, yeah. I, I guess we have real briefly, any, anything else anybody's been playing that they want to, they want to plug. They want to mention. Uh, I finished near automata. I'm not going to talk about it now because I have a lot of thoughts on it, but I Great. did finish Let's do it. another episode on Nier Automata for did sure. Did you finish I it, act- finish it, finish it, Russ? I finished it, finished it, finished it, yes. I better have because nice. I don't have he a save loved file it. anymore. Every so. minute. He kept texting me. I love this game. Can I have more? I and I was this. like, don't worry, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> M- many thoughts, but we'll, we'll uh, save that for I, another episode. I finished uh, Nier Replicant, <laughs> which uh, you can, by this point, read about that on polygon.com and i will i'll save talking more about that game for maybe next week or the week after oh god near all all near episode all near um yeah i played uh i've been playing this adventure game called uh, dark side detective this the sequel uh came out this week but i've been playing the original um and if you like old style point and click uh, adventure games that are like episodic where it's sort of like, uh, doesn't get too bogged down. Uh, very light and breezy and pleasant. It's a great series. I'll talk more about it after I played the second one next week. Let's see. I've been so busy with work that I've been in my habit of twice daily Hades runs. Um, 
Um, <laughs> you gotta keep. You gotta keep Bloomberg. Yeah, I know. I was. It. It's funny because you, it's funny you say that, Justin. Because Hades is the first game in a long time where I'm like, I don't, I can't afford to lose the muscle memory here. I can't afford to like. Yeah. You yeah. Know, right. I gotta right. remember how to play this game because there's apparently still so much I need to do. I need to get. You still need to rec- reconcile Olympus with uh, uh, the Cathonic gods of the underworld. So you know, I gotta just you know keep getting good at that. Um, uh, fuck the heat meter though. And if not you, who yeah, will? Exactly. You know what I mean? If that's a responsibility, Evan, you're taking it seriously. So I've been playing that, and I've also been playing. You know, every so often, like maybe once a week or so, I'll get a Ghost of Shushima Legends run in. Um, and I, man, I love the, that that multiplayer in that game. Like you know, it's very you know standard issue but i think the atmosphere and it gives me like uh yes do i want to be a samurai um um archer who like can shoot people five people at once yes i absolutely do i'll take that as long as often <laughs> as you can give it to me so that's what i've been playing <laughs> uh well evan thank you so much for joining us where can people find more of of you if they if they are in the market for that <laughs> um you know my twitter is is at evnarc at e-v-n-a-r-c um go uh read rise of the black panther uh the new day comic when it comes out this summer play spider-man miles morales uh there's other stuff i can't talk about but um you know maybe when i can't talk about it you guys can have you back yeah we'd love to (laughs) sounds good all right thanks y'all for listening uh be sure to you know rate and review and all that stuff uh people are are prone to do next week uh, I don't want to say what we're going to do next week because I think it is far from a sure thing. I'm tired of having to backpedal on this show. So I, you'll find it out. It might just be me talking about Nier for like oh, two yeah. hours. It might just be a whole show about Nier. Uh, <laughs> it's going to motivate us to figure Ooh. out how to get the other thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, get your get your ad spots purchased now, Coca-Cola, because it is going to be a massive, massive episode. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to join us again next time for the besties because shooting the world's best friends pick the world's best games. Besties!